Hi everyone, this is Thomas, the second episode of the Signals Pod. A couple of items worth sharing this week. Firstly, the BSTA, the Boston Securities Traders Association, is a wonderful community of securities professionals up here in Boston. We are helping create a panel for their annual harvest party, November 18th. So Charlie O'Connor, who runs business development and all things relationships at Point Focal, has um, was a former president, past president, I think is the official lingo for the BSTA. And as such, we've tried to be you know, helpful supporters of the BSTA. And likewise, they've been very good to Point Focal in terms of uh, welcoming a new entrant you know, analytics provider in the space in the Boston community. So November 18th, we have a panel put together. What we did was just reach out to prospects, clients, partners, folks we are engaged with who we think are interesting and can be uh, informative and helpful at a time when there's so much happening in, in the markets and in fintech in general. So we have pulled together a panel which will include from State Street Global Markets, Mark Kepner, from IEX Cloud, David Hannibal, and from Modern IR, Tim Quast. These three panelists will join me and we will be hosted, moderated, hosted by the BSTA and moderated by Lee Marakis, who is a former, used to run trade strategy research at Bank of America and is now a quantitative data analyst and consultant. So it's going to be an interesting panel. I think um, we're excited. The topic we've chosen to highlight our topics are uh, innovative trends in fintech, market structure, and data and analytics. So broad topics, um, but I think you go from the sell side operation, the electronic sales trading desk at State Street, um, you get a data as a service and actually becoming platform as a service offering in the fintech space for financial data from IEX Cloud. Modern IR has a really um, unique lens into market structure for both corporates and, um, and and traditional asset managers. I think it's going to be really interesting and it should be fun. Hopefully we'll get a good crowd. It's right, uh, right before the harvest party, which kicks off at 5.30 on the 18th. We will start the panel at 4.30. And I guess it's, it is quite something to just see what goes into creating an event like this because everyone will show up at 4.30 and the panel will go for... 30 or 40 minutes, we'll take some questions and we'll move into the harvest party. It will go by very quickly and yet organizing uh, behind the scenes with the BSTA, with the panelists, with the venue, identifying the venue, securing the venue. There's quite a lot that goes into this event planning type stuff, but Charlie's been all over it and I think it's going to be it's going to be a, a fun event. And of course, there's opportunity for Point Focal, right, to present well, uh, demonstrate some thought leadership in the space and to, to engage with the community. And that's really what we're trying to do is just build a brand, build our network and be a helpful contributing member of the community. So that is something that's occupied a bit of our time. But as I say, it's a, it's a wonderful community and we're excited for the event. So that's one thing this week. Otherwise, uh, I should follow up on the, uh, the update from the first session, which we revamped our, our sales update meeting. So just to communicate, we did, I ended up running the sales meeting Tuesday morning. We used the HubSpot board, the deal board, which was updated a little more concise 
We didn't try to export data into other platforms or presentations. And we spent 30 minutes just really focused on the pipeline, top of funnel, bottom of funnel, where people have fallen out, how we can keep them in the funnel. And of course, how the active trials and, you know, we have a contract out to a firm right now. So lots going on. And of course, just stripping away the noise from the sales process and really focusing on the pipeline and the outreach and how to organize ourselves around that was quite helpful. So this goes back to error correction and eliminating anything that isn't working. So we did eliminate something quickly that wasn't working. So that that yielded results this week and um, should do so going forward as well. Lastly, the venues report that I spoke about last time on the first episode is has been distributed now to prospects. I'm about to go out on Twitter and just communicate that the venues report is live. It's part of our focus signal reporting engine and therefore can be run on any portfolio and delivered automatically to any number of email recipients. And again, this is recapping the most recent weeks on and off exchange data and most recent uh, ATS and non-ATS data across portfolios or benchmarks um, or a universe of stocks. So that has uh, been a long time coming. We're excited to get the report out, start to get feedback from folks on it and just make people aware of what we're doing. But we did get it into we did get it out this week, meaning it ran successfully. We've tested it a handful of times. We made some tweaks to the original draft. We even put together an explainer version where on the analytic report, it's a 10 page report. And on the analytic report now we have kind of yellow sticky note annotations that explain each visualization. So we, over time, we're learning that we need to be very clear about what information we are capturing and what insight we're communicating with the analytics that we produce. Of course, we spend a lot of time deep in the data, so I think it's easy to forget that somebody just coming at it with a fresh set of eyes, even if they're a PM or a trader, somebody that's um, you know in the weeds with you know optimizing algorithmic order routing strategies, even then you need to step back and make it very clear what you have created, what you're communicating, and what is the you know, workflow in the use case of the report itself. So we spent a fair bit of time on that this week, and we'll be pushing that out to current clients and prospects you know, as we pitch the business going forward. Uh, the last thing I'll mention this week is just something that's been, um, that I think is worth noting is the, how can I put this? The um, living with operating at the end of a runway is something that even though we've been, we've transitioned from having been bootstrapped to having been uh, funded with some seed capital and now going through a more formal fundraising process, it is quite something. And I think in, in the future, I'll go into some more detail here, but learning to live at the towards the end of the operating runway is something that is part art, part science. It's um, insane. And I think what I'm learning is the more comfortable you can be with uncertainty and prioritizing what it is that needs to be done to extend the runway in any way, shape or form, whether through new revenue, through cutting costs, through optimizing expenses, um, just anything 
everything and anything is required to keep everything moving at a firm that is trying to go from zero to one, which is what we're doing. So I'll leave you with that. Um, I'm sure in many ways, we all in some sense live towards the end of the runway. So thanks for listening and hope you enjoyed this. I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Cheers.